Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. With me today on the show is Jessica Frew. Welcome, Jessica. Hi, thank you for having me. My pleasure. And Jessica is a fellow podcaster. Her podcast is Husband-in-Law, and you can reach her on Instagram at Husband-in-Law. Do you want to just tell our listeners a little bit about your podcast, and then we'll jump into your question? Sure, I would love to. So our podcast is a little bit different than most podcasts in the fact that it is hosted by myself, my husband, and my ex-husband. So the three of us come together to share our stories of love, marriage, divorce, coming out, co-parenting, all of the things um, to mm. help people feel like they're not alone because we know the power in stories. And it's also what Steve and I, my ex-husband, I wish we'd had when we were going through um, him coming out as gay as members of the LDS church and trying to navigate all of that. And then mm-hmm. subsequently when we decided to get divorced and working through all that. So now we are providing that for people and we have loved doing that. We also go Wonderful. through like chronologically and share our story from uh-huh. episode one on. So you do want to start with episode one, if you want to get the whole story. Wonderful. Well, what a great resource for people. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. So what is your question for me today? So my question is, I'm obviously remarried. Mm -hmm. I am a stepmom to two kids uh, and I have one of my own. So my stepchildren are 15 and almost 14. They're a year and a half apart. And we've, I feel like we're entering this new phase of life with them where not only are they gaining more independence and freedom, but they're also still navigating going back and forth between houses with different religious beliefs. Mm. And I, you know, we very much (laughs) loosened up kind of how Mm -hmm. we thought we would be as parents navigating this. And so I just want to be able to support them in any way possible as they are navigating, going back and forth between these two homes in such a, you know, pivotal time in their life. I feel like there's so much that happens in teenage years Mm -hmm. that I want to know how I can best support my stepchildren as they are navigating going back and forth between homes and also two homes with different religious beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you already tried? Like what have you thought of already to, to try and support them? So we have let up on a lot of rules that like Uh we were raised with. We always thought, you know, if you're living in our household, you would be going to church with us until you're 18 or as long as you're living at home. Mm-hmm. And we realized that that really isn't the message we want to send, uh-huh. um, especially where these kids have a voice in which home they stay in very much. So we want, we found out what's more important to us. It's just that they know they're welcome in our home anytime Yeah, um, and have tried to be vocal about that. And then, you know, there, there's just a lot going on in their little, mm-hmm. their little worlds. Yeah, And so I guess mostly I just want you know, I've, I've made it very clear that I'm here when I'm needed. Um, but try not to get into their business too much. It's not really my role. I don't yeah. feel like, yeah. So trying to give them that space to be themselves, but know that I'm here supporting them mm-hmm. in the ways that I can. 
And do they take advantage of that offer to get your support? I mean, do they come to you and ask you questions or talk with you? So my stepdaughter does, especially in the last six months, she's the one that's almost 14 Mm -hmm. and it's been like, well, and I guess since last summer, really, it's getting closer to a year now, but she's really started opening up to me about Mm. all of the things she's feeling and that she's going through. And it has been such a great experience to be Mm. able to feel that and connect with her. We're almost nine years into our marriage and it's Mm. been a lot of work, um, And so it has been like this gift that I'm starting to see the rewards of that. I'm starting to see this work kind of being able to feel the fruits of that labor. And I just want to make sure that I continue to support that. And often there are things that they're sharing with me that I feel like could be used, you know, I dare say against the other parent. And and that's something Mm. I never want to do, but like, Mm -hmm. how do you, like I want to validate their feelings without ever discrediting their mother. Mm, gotcha. Do you have a specific example that you're willing to share of that that we could? Um, trying to think of one that I, we could dive into that would be <laughs> okay to share. Yeah. Yeah. Um, understood. So just you know, like they'll they'll come to me with things that they're maybe arguing with their mom about. Okay. Uh, and, and while I want them to know they're seen and heard, I also don't want to like undermine their mom in any way. Right. Right. Um, smart. Very smart. Okay, good. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> maybe that's I great. just need some reassurance that I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think you really are. And, and you can validate feelings without agreeing. Mm. You can say, yeah, that sounds really, really hard. Okay. It, it sounds like you're sad that your mom doesn't understand where you're coming from. You may totally agree with the mom. I mean, but you can still validate them or you may disagree with the mom, but you don't have to say that. You just stick with validating their feelings. And, you know, what I'm hearing is it sounds like, okay, you know, kind of reflecting Good. back. Yeah. So if you're already doing that, you're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm doing the best we, I can. Um, and there's also, I mean, in that, like I do, and this is kind of another question in this, I guess, yeah. is, you know, I still really want to encourage my daughter to attend church. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also being raised, like her dad's not active in the church anymore. He lives with his boyfriend, which is awesome. We all get along, we support each other. And I, I do want her because they're, it's like this weird dynamic because there are things I absolutely love about the church. And they're also this understanding of, I love and support the LGBTQ community. I'm a big ally and advocate for them. And so there is this dissonance Mm. that she's starting to feel at a younger age Mm -hmm. uh, and more directly because it's her dad that kind of feels, you know, it's this dissonance with, well, I love my dad. I like going to church, but how do these two things fit together? Mm -hmm. And also I'm trying to support her in still going to church, but I don't ever want her to feel like it's forced. She's, she's been baptized. She chose to be baptized and all that, but there are some different, like my husband and I definitely hold her kind of to a different standard than maybe my stepkids in some ways. Like it's, there's mm. different, maybe not a different standard, but there's just different rules. Okay. Um, Have they noticed that? Oh yeah. Okay. We've, <laughs> <figured>. yeah. <laughs> it's like an open discussion. And I've told her for years, you know, you know, these, your step siblings have different parents than you. 
Mm-hmm. And so there are different rules and she's never pushed back against that at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> and I always tell her I'm willing to talk about it, but is that, I don't know. Do I keep supporting her coming to church as long as possible? Yeah. If that's a, something that you value and you would like your child to do, then absolutely. Okay. And do you feel like <laughs> I'm really torn even in the fact of like, having them get up early. Our church has been at nine o'clock since Matt and I've been married for nine years. Oh, and I'm it's sorry. really hard. That's really <laughs> painful. <laughs> Thank you. Ours rotates every, every three years it's at nine. So <laughs> I could handle that. Even every other year I would take nine, but I'm like, can we switch it at least like a year with yeah. these kids? Different families we found come at different times. Like it's really a, it's a legit thing. Yeah. But I have a hard time like pushing through teen years of saying, no, you have to get up at eight still to get to church at nine. Mm-hmm. And while they're saying, well, so-and-so doesn't have to do that. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that's, I don't know. Is that. So that's hard. If they're at your house and one has to go and the others don't, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's really hard. I think the question is, are you forcing or encouraging? Okay. We're trying to go with encouragement. Right. But like saying you have to wake up at this time in order to be at church at this time is not encouraging. That's kind of saying this is what you're going to do. Right. So, so one thing you could do is own, like, this is really important to me. Mm -hmm. I hope that it's important to you. Ultimately you get to decide. Okay. This is what I would love to see happen. Okay. And this is dialogue that sounds natural to me. So that's, that's yeah. encouraging. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Nothing okay. forced. That doesn't work. Okay. And be that encouragement. And it's okay to say, you know what, in our house or in our family or what your dad and I have agreed on is that you go to church until you're 18. Like that's okay to say too. Mm. Okay. If that's what you choose, but you, you talk with your ex and decide what those expectations are, or maybe it's, you go to sacrament meeting every week, but you, the others are optional or you go to young women's or whatever it is. Okay. So decide what the non-negotiables are and what the negotiables are. Yeah. And I always worry. And I guess this is like my own worry is I, I want her to know it's important to me. And I do believe she knows that like, that yeah. it's something I'm, I'm sure if she's lived with you, she knows. <laughs> <laughs> and then we talk about, but also there are times I'm like, you know what? Like it's okay if you're not there every Sunday. And right. if it's better for your mental health today that you stay home and sleep in, like, that's fine. Like yeah. I get that. Um, and when she is with her dad, I don't push that either. I'm like, this is between you and your dad, whether you come to church on Sunday, you right. get to decide that with him. Uh, there are certain Sundays that I'll be like, Hey, this is going on. I'd love to have you there. And Steve's great about getting there. Let me, yeah. my ex-husband will be like, okay, he's we're there. Um, well, and often that means he's coming too, because if yeah. I'm doing something in church or she's doing something in church, they both show up, which is yeah. amazing. That's awesome. Um, okay. That's good to know. Just that clarity you d- of decide you decide okay. if you want to be like, this is non-negotiable. This is the expectation. If you want a phone or, you know, want the or no, she doesn't drive yet, but you know, whatever, like Mm -hmm. you can set that up or you can go with just, this is important to me. I hope, I hope you'll choose to join me. Yeah. I have a hard time like putting like any consequences on it, but maybe that'll change. I don't know. 
not say consequences, but like a she loses privileges or something if she doesn't go yeah. to church. Yeah. yeah. And some people do that and it works. Some people do that. It doesn't work. And some people don't do that. So yeah, you just got to figure really, out what works for us. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to go back to, you said the dissonance, like she's noticing the dissonance that you have about certain areas in the church and that she's starting to feel that. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you need any suggestions on how to navigate that? Probably. <laughs> I'll take all the suggestions I can get. <laughs> I feel like we're doing a pretty good job of it. Good. I mean, I have just decided that I am open to being a voice in this community and speaking up where others feel like maybe they can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that's because of my privilege of who I am, yeah. being able to do that and magnifying some of these voices. And I watched my husband my ex-husband struggled for so many years to try to stay in the church. And I saw the pain and anguish that it caused him and um, led him to be suicidal and all of these things. And that was just crushing because Mm. I, I love him so much and he is such a good man. Yeah. And so I have embraced that there just for me will be distance in deciding to stay. Yeah. Um, and I've tried, so this is what I have done. Tell me what else we should do. Okay. Um, my daughter with her, like I'll have talks with her. Listen, this is, this is what's being taught. This might be the ideal, but it doesn't mean it's right for everybody. It also does not mean that people who live differently than us are wrong or bad in any way. Like mm-hmm. she came home one time after in primary, um, a lesson about drinking And she was all concerned about alcohol because she knows her dad drinks alcohol and she took it. She internalized this. I got to the bottom of it that, you know, because drinking is bad, her dad is bad. And I just, I sat down I said, okay, let's, let's have a discussion around this. Is your dad a bad guy? Like, do you know that? She's like, no, he's not bad. And I said, no, he's not. And I said, there are thousands, like more than half the world like drinks alcohol. Like there's just, it's just a thing people do. And that many people can't be inherently bad. It's just a decision that they do. I view it as something that protects us and it keeps us safe. And, uh, and those types of things, it's healthy for our bodies. And so that's kind of where I direct that instead of it being like a negative thing. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just who we are now. I do view being gay very differently than drinking alcohol. Like that is who he was created to be. And we have that conversation. This is who they're created to be. I don't understand how this fits into our doctrine or our religion at this point, but I am hoping we know down the road, Mm -hmm. but there are other things that I love. And so I'm just going to embrace those and also be a voice for these people in the church to hopefully create some change or bring about some understanding or good. So that's kind of the things that's great. I think the I think you're, we've had. I think you're right on track and helping her get out of that black and white thinking that is so entrenched in the, how we teach things in the church, right? But it's it's not black and white. And we teach it like it is and you know, like this is good, this is bad, this is, you know, and mm-hmm. and it's so much more nuanced than that. And so helping her 
develop those skills to be able to tolerate ambiguity and complexity and not knowing. Because our church, we tend to value certainty more than faith. Mm. And so it feels scary if you're not certain about things. If you just have faith, it's like, that's not enough. (laughs) Yeah. And so helping her realize you don't have to have certainty, I think can be another way to to do that. It's okay to not know. Okay. Which is kind of the irony in all of that is that Mm -hmm. we teach that we're supposed to have faith, but then we all feel like we're lacking if we're not certain. Right. Right. We've replaced faith with certainty. And I think it's a huge problem. And I, I always say... Jesus Christ did not teach about certainty. He taught about uh-uh. faith. That's so, true. So if it's good enough for him, I think it's, you know, it's good enough. <laughs> I agree. I always say another conversation that I have with Penny often is, and Penny's my daughter, mm-hmm. is the idea that I just try to come from a place of love for myself and for the other people in my life. Yeah. because. That's what I believe Christ taught me when it comes down to it. He didn't, I mean, he cast out the people who were, you know, the Pharisees and Sadducees who are living by the book, who were stuck to that letter of the law mm-hmm. thinking that's who he was teaching. That's mm-hmm. who he was casting out. And right. The pious, it. the pious people that are judgmental yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Rigid. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so we just need to embrace loving other people no matter their lives. I mean, you know, we don't let people take advantage of us or hurt mm-hmm. us, but we show up in that love. Yeah. I love for that. ourselves and for others. So that's kind of another thing that I always tell her, like, this isn't about being right. We don't know everything. We're not doing everything correct, but we're doing things out of love. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Well, I, Jessica, I think you're doing great. Well, I think thank you're doing you. great. Yeah. Do you have any other questions about your stepchildren? Um, I'm sure I do, but they're not coming. I'm trying that's to think fine. like, that's great. Yeah, probably that's, that's okay. good. That's good for <laughs> what I share now, of their right? situation right now. <laughs> I know it is kind of tricky being a public figure, right? Like you have to yes. protect <laughs> to some degree. Well, so. I love sharing because I do know that it's helpful. And there are things that, you know, that I think that Brene Brown, when you share, you have to be careful of the things that you share. You have right. to be careful. Um, especially when it's not my, it's not, not your story. My story at this yeah. point. Um, yeah. I'm a part of it. I'm a big right. player in that story, but there are things that do still need to be protected. So yeah, wonderful. So yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Yes, and thank you. I'm curious what your takeaways are from our conversation. Um, so I'm going to keep going. I'm doing okay. Yes. <laughs> and a big trust, takeaway. <laughs> yes. And just keep trusting my inner voice, which I, I mean, I always say to be bold and to me, that is to trust myself and um, be humble and open to learning. But also yeah. when I have learned, trust myself to take action. Yeah. Um, and also that it is okay to encourage and support my daughter to go to church. I think that's been a big thing for me lately mm. of trying to navigate that because my husband's just fighting to keep his kids, you know, like he's fighting to make sure he keeps a relationship with them in any way that the looks. And so yeah. he's kind of in a different phase with that than I am Yeah, where I'm, I know I have this, you know, my kids aren't going to be 
fed stuff about me. Penny's not going to be fed anything negative about me or about the church even. And so I can encourage and support in a different way than maybe he can. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And sometimes I think I just get worried that maybe I'm, I'm not even pushing, but just (laughs) like encouraging maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But just because there's like, there's dissonance in our home and that's okay. Like we've gotten really okay with that and understanding that it is different. So, so I think those, those things, trusting, continue forward, doing okay. Um, and then that it is okay to, to encourage and support that. And that there are things I love about the church and to share those with her while also sharing (laughs) Sharing the the dissonance. Yeah. Tolerate ambiguity and not knowing. Yeah. Thank you, Jessica, for taking time to be on the podcast and Again, I want to encourage people to go listen to Husband in Law podcast that you do with your husband and ex husband, which I think is so fun. <laughs> thank you so much. We have a good time doing it. Good, wonderful. Well, thank you again for being on the podcast today, Jessica. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a podcast helping real women seek solutions to life's biggest challenges. If you'd like to learn more, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Julie Hanks and at drjuliehanks.com, where you'll find information about virtual groups, coaching, and online courses. For therapy services in Utah, visit wasatchfamilytherapy.com. talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question. Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.